Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris of Velosos on social media, and today is So Over 50 Thursday. Now grab a cuppa and relax with us. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to So Over 50 Thursday on So Organised Style Podcast. So Over 50 intersects with all other communities. Susan Young is the blog writer for So Over 50 and a great friend to myself and many wonderful sewers. So let's give a welcome back to Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi, Maria. It's lovely to be back. Thank you for inviting me again. I'm really pleased that you're here today for So Over 50. Always lovely to chat with you about the topic. You and I could talk about it long, long time. <laughs> there are so many topics, right? Always endless, endless. <laughs> Since we last spoke, so much has happened across the globe, but we're both being able to sew. So how's it been for you? I've always kept busy with sewing and I had lots of projects for myself. And I was fortunate I got asked to do a few other things. I started thinking that I needed to sew stuff not just for me, but because my thing is sewing clothes, I didn't break out into doing hobbies like cross-stitch or quilting or anything. They just don't appeal to me or, or knitting. I've been locked down with my husband the whole of this time, and I thought, oh, perhaps I'll make him some new clothes because the ones he's got are all quite shabby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and he's actually willing, willing person to have clothes made for him. Not everybody is. I don't know if you find this, but most of my family, I don't make things for anyone else in my family because they don't really want me to. And if I have done, they're not very, they never wear them. So, but my husband is different. He does wear the things very proudly. So that was why I started making bits and pieces for him. I'd made him some shirts in the past, but it was coming on to winter. And I was due to do another Lamazi blog because I am one of the team of bloggers for Lamazi Fabrics here in the UK. I suggested to Liana, I said, how would you feel if I made something specifically for my husband rather than me? And she said, no, that's fine. So I had to look through the range of fabrics that she'd got and I made a sweatshirt for him in the end. And he's loved it. He's worn it loads. That was kind of how it started with the whole menswear thing. Well, that was good that you had the idea and Lamezzi were fine for you to do that. Yes. Yes, I mean, it's very generous of her to allow that because obviously then the photos were not going to be of me. Yeah, They were of him. So I don't know how much fabric got sold as a result of people being influenced. I was really pleased with the garment that came out of it because I used a range of fabric that she has that all coordinates. So there are planes and there are pattern sweatshirtings and then there's matching ribbing, that sort of thing. And a lot of the artwork that accompanies that range Mm. features children's wear. And I thought it was quite important to show that it didn't have to be only for children's wear. The the design that we picked, sort of trees or something loosely, but like pointillism, little dots they were. And I thought it was important to show that it could be adaptable to adult clothing as well. So we chose the dark green colourway the plain and the print and the ribbing as well. And it all went together really well. I had to source some zips from elsewhere, a chunky zip on the front I got from somewhere else. 
yeah, the garment came up really well. And the fabric's been great as well because he's worn it so much, been in and out of the wash loads. And that's what you want from garments, isn't it? To make something. Exactly. That you enjoy wearing, you get lots of use from. So when you say we chose, does that mean that your husband, did he direct the choice of fabric? How did that work out? No, he didn't direct the choice because he wouldn't really know what it was he was looking for. He could look at the images just as anybody could, and you could see the image on the screen. He relied on me then to tell him if the fabric was a sweatshirt fabric or whether it was sheer chiffon, you know, he he wouldn't know what it was simply by looking at the photograph or even reading the description. So when I say we, I picked out the things that I knew would be suitable. Right. And then I left him to make his choice from those items. And that was what he settled on. And and it was a good choice. So, yeah, a bit of guidance involved on that. Whereas if it was a shirt, say, I mean, he still relies on me for the guidance with a suitable fabric. I think when it comes down to it, he, he doesn't know what the name of the fabric is. A lot, a lot of people are in that position, even if they sew, possibly. That makes sense because you've got the depth of knowledge to be able to figure out what fabric goes with whatever the design is. And it sounds like it's got a really happy ending because he's worn that sweatshirt quite a lot now. He has. He has. Yeah, since I made it, which was, oh gosh, months ago. It might even have been before Christmas. I don't know. Time's kind of elastic at the moment. But yeah, he has worn it loads. And I made a couple of other versions as well. So I made a different fabric version of it first. So he's done really well out of this sewing for men thread that I've got off on because I've made him several things now and he's, he wears them all, which is great. I, I do love a happy recipient of the thing that I've made. <laughs> and he's okay about having his photo taken as well. <laughs> he doesn't mind. I was going to ask about that. Yes, he's quite tolerant because it has to take pictures of me quite often, certainly over the, the lockdown and everything. It's just the boot is on the other foot. It's me taking pictures of him. So <laughs> out in the garden, right, stand there and <laughs> click. <laughs> and then the cat will generally wander in as well and get involved. <laughs> well, the cat knows what to do, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah she gets in there, muscles in there. It's <laughs> good. Since that time, what have you done with your sewing for men focus? Because I'd written the blog post for Lamazi, I realised by looking for patterns, and in fact looking for through the fabrics too, I realised I didn't think it was that straightforward to find things to be able to sew, in my case, for a man, mm-hmm. or indeed if a man were looking to sew things for himself because everything is so female-centric within sewing and dressmaking. We all know that. Although it's changing, it is starting to change. So because of writing this article, I suggested to Ruth at Love Sewing that maybe she'd like me to expand on what I'd found Mm -hmm. for the magazine. So she said, yes, that sounds like a good idea, because I think a lot of the stars seem to have aligned with this because I think I was thinking it. And since then, so over 50 very recently, have focused on men on the account. The fold line have focused on sewing for men. The sewing bee restarted and has finished, obviously, in 
the UK and that always has men on it. So I think they came very much into focus because people were thinking the same as me. It's like I've sewn all the things. I've sewn all the things. Yes. And I need to do something else, but I want to keep sewing. So for a lot of people, sewing for men became the next option. So going back to looking for patterns and fabrics, following hashtags was quite a useful way to start. I mean, I knew of some brands that do sell menswear patterns. So there's Elba Textiles, for example. Thread Theory is where I've got two patterns that I've used so far for Mr. Y, the Kamana sweatshirt and their Finlayson sweatshirts. So they have a range of things. They do a couple of women's wear patterns, but they do focus more on men's wear. Yeah, they do. Have you had a look at their their design? I've had a look. They've got an underwear pattern as well for men. They have. They're based in Canada, I believe. Yeah. They seem to be more casual style men's patterns, which is quite timely since we're working from home. This is it. So they've got some jeans patterns or sort of chino trouser patterns. That's the one thing I haven't made for him as yet. I haven't bothered with trousers. I don't know. I don't make them a great deal for myself. I have made them for him way back in the past, but I'm afraid it's one of those items for me that I'm not sure I'm that bothered about making because the time involved is quite considerable. Yes. You can just buy decent pairs of men's trousers or men's jeans for a reasonable price. And Tony's one of those people that keeps things for years and years. He's not about having fast fashion. So I don't have any kind of conscience about buying something and thinking, oh, he won't wear that more than two times because he'll wear it quite literally until it falls apart. (laughs) Which you might say, well, why don't I make it if that's going to be the case? But somehow I just don't quite get around to making trousers. But shirts and tops, yeah, I can do those. And he's very happy with those. One of the hints that you had about finding patterns for men was hashtags. Mm. So now I'm indebted to a chap in England called So Andrew. He's a fellow FAF brand ambassador. And I asked him quite a lot of questions. And he was so generous with his time in replying to them because he's a relatively recent sewer. He's been sewing, I think, for about seven or eight years. Self-taught. He's had quite a number of jobs but he's a hairdresser so primarily now but of course when salons were closed over lockdown he wasn't able to be doing that so he's been expanding his sewing but he suggested a few to me the ones that I think might be most useful are hashtag so menswear for everyone hashtag men who sew and hashtag make menswear and hashtag dope men sew But there are loads more. And I think since writing this article in the So Over 50 account post, there were a lot more hashtags there. So that's a good starting place. You don't need many, to be honest, because they'll all open up a whole selection of images. That's a rabbit hole to fall down. Oh, it is. Or you could put something like a hashtag men's sweatshirts or sewing men's sweatshirts or sewing shirts, that kind of thing as well would be useful word of mouth just ask around too because I think one of my friends Claire Claire sews put me onto the Kamana sweatshirt which was quite a new pattern last autumn and I had to look at that and I thought oh yes that really appeals because it's available as a pdf 
if you want to print at home, then you can do it there and then. You don't have to worry about it being a print version. The days when you could go out to retail stores quite easily, you could find them at op shops and retailers. But, yeah, I think now that we've got a few PDF options, that makes it more accessible for anybody in any country now. Oh, absolutely. As I say, I think Thread Theory are based in Canada Mm. and that makes no difference now. And Elba, I think they're in Australia. Charlie have a huge range of all sorts of patterns, don't they? And Because their size range is fantastic. And I know they're really well-drafted patterns. I've only used one myself, but I know people who do use them a lot and they say they're fantastic patterns yeah and and melissa does i think as well doesn't she yeah she does i've used a few they're great patterns so they're worth exploring another one i did come across as well was wardrobe by me and they do female and male patterns quite a range of both but i think it's good if you know that a company actually has got some experience of doing men's patterns Because I suspect the drafting probably and the confidence about the drafting is probably a bit higher than, say, the completely female-centric ones who suddenly branched out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think if you're sewing for a man or are a man sewing for yourself, look at the pattern companies that they're primarily male patterns to start with because I think you'll find they're probably better drafted. For For a male physique... Because that's a whole different thing, isn't it? You're starting to get into fitting and and so forth. Shall we move on to that one? (laughs) Well, that was another question. Yeah. So from your perspective, someone who's got the experience of fitting women, what was the experience like fitting your husband? When you sew, I don't know whether you find this, but it makes you quite aware of a person's physicality, perhaps your own mm-hmm. or someone else's. So you start to notice things like, oh, that person's got very broad shoulders or well, that person's got very long arms or a short body or whatever. And that's quite that's a strange thing to pay attention to. <laughs> but also it can be really useful. My husband's quite tall. He's six foot three and he's quite big build. So... Being honest with measurements is just as important for him as it is if I'm making something for myself. You're not kidding anybody Mm. by holding the tape measure as tight as possible to make the figure as small as possible. You're just going to end up with a garment that's too small. So (laughs) that would be really plain silly. So I do take a full set of measurements of him. So chest, tummy, cross shoulders width of shoulder from from the side of the neck to the crown of the arm that sort of thing could be quite useful particularly say if if he does a lot of physical work or he likes to work out then he Mm -hmm. might be quite broad in the shoulder area for example or as somebody I was in the chat room recently and somebody was saying you know well my husband needs a certain neck size because collars on yes work shirts come with a collar size don't they they do but that doesn't necessarily translate into the, the girth around the tummy. Mm. So just like in women's wear, there are fashion garments and there are comfort garments. And just like in women's wear, you have to start, you have to look at the line drawing. I would always suggest that somebody looks at the line drawing and hope that it's an accurate one. Sometimes they're a bit airy fairy. 
but if there's an accurate working sketch giving you any darts, because a tailored men's shirt might have darts in the back. It's things that you don't necessarily notice. If you buy them retail, you don't necessarily notice the details. And not all men want fitted shirts. They want loose-fitting ones. So just shop around. I found a couple of men's patterns. I'm afraid I haven't got the numbers written down, actually. I've just got two shirt patterns that I bought some time ago. And I've just used those on rotation for Tony because he likes both of them. They've both got slight variations. They've got all the elements that you want for a shirt. Short sleeve, long sleeve, cuff, one with a placket, one without a placket, a two-piece collar or a single-piece collar, yoke across the back, pocket variations. Quite honestly, that's all you need for a shirt and then you just play with it and mix it up with the fabric that you choose and the button choices they're usually flat ones aren't they for men's shirts yes yeah one of the shirts I made in because I did it so automatically I put the buttons and buttonholes on the same side I would for me rather than (laughs) yes I didn't notice I wouldn't have noticed at all well I didn't notice it was only when he was trying to do it up and he was all fingers and thumbs because he said what's going on here he said to put the buttons on the rocks <laughs> so he points that out to people he's very proud of the things I've made for him and he's always happy to show people say oh look and then he points out the error he said but this one she didn't get right because the buttons are wrong I have to concentrate really hard when I've made him new ones one since that <laughs> I think my husband would lose husband points if he did that on, on something that I'd made him he would lose points no it's fine I'm used to it I used to it. I can tell he's proud of wearing it <laughs> <laughs> but thing I was talking going back to measuring yeah I check the pattern piece as well so once I've got the measurements for his body I check the pattern piece so the length of the sleeve so actually, even though he's six foot three, I did shorten the sleeves very slightly. Sweatshirt sleeves seem to come up tremendously long. And I found that with one ones I've made for myself. Maybe I just don't like them as slouchy as others, perhaps. So things like shortening the sleeve very slightly. But otherwise, I was happy with the fit. I look for, again, in the description, if there is one, of what it says about the garment. So if it says, you know, casual fit or loose fit or tailored close fit look at those things carefully yeah and if you would make a toile for yourself then make a toile for him obviously all of these comments are making from a female point of view because I don't have any other experience of it if you get to chat to some of the men who enjoy being part of so over 50 they'll hopefully give you some other insights of what it's like from their perspective what they think about sewing when I start to interview some of the men from Savo 50. If there are any general questions, I'll put it out there for listeners to DM me and I can add those into the list. Good idea. Yes, because we'll all have different thoughts and, and experiences. So, yeah. And just like with the variety of us who like to sew different shapes, different fits, etc., that will still apply with men as well so it'd be interesting to hear what their views are going to be when they come onto the podcast no I should be really interested to listen and it was so helpful the comments that so Andrew sent to me he's got his own blog actually I I think it is called so Andrew and that's worth a look through I had a look through that and he writes really thorough posts on the garments that he's made 
that it was an early shirt version so like us he's been exploring how to to fit something but also because he doesn't have such a long-standing sewing experience it was a learning curve anyway working out what a placket was or how to put cuffs on how to put a collar on nicely that sort of thing mm-hmm. so it was really insightful to have a read of what he of what he thought as well we had Pete Sows on earlier this year He was presenting his experience of sewing for men. He's also self-taught. He lives in Coolum in Queensland. So it was interesting to hear his point of view and how he's now doing men's shirts. It'll be nice to hear more men who sew to give their experience so that our listeners know what other opportunities there are to extend their sewing for themselves to sew for men. Yes, I should be interested to hear what else they like sewing. Do they only sew for themselves, like quite a lot of us, or do they like to sew for their families or their friends? Do they get asked to sew in the same way that women do? Yeah, it will be a really interesting series, I think, if you can chat to some of them. Yep, fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure that there'll be plenty who will take you up. I hope so. Yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Were there any other gems in your article that you've written about sewing for men that you'd like to share with us on the podcast? So don't just look at indie patterns, although I found they probably were the best source of more casual styles. Don't overlook the big four. If you want very formal styles for something specific, so if you want a very tailored shirt or a pair of classic tailored trousers that kind of thing Mm -hmm. I would have a look at the other pattern companies because they have been doing that sort of thing for years so if you don't want fashion then they're probably a good place to look if you wanted something fashion forward with the exception of Mimi G's husband because he does have a range you know to accompany Mimi G's range there is a menswear range and they are very fashion forward. So give those a look as well. But also there are some books that have men's patterns in. So don't dismiss those. For example, the book that accompanied the Great British Sewing Bee series, the last year's one, there were some men's patterns in that. Mm-hmm. And also Wendy Ward oh, yeah. in this country. She's just got a brand new book out, Sewing Sustainably. But her previous one, It's called Sewing for Everybody by Wendy Ward. And that included men's patterns as well. Or in fact, unisex patterns. So a lot of them were a very simple straight shirt or T-shirt. There are a few people are starting to put out patterns that are non-binary, that are unisex. The Jackson Tee by Helen's Closet, that is a T-shirt pattern. That goes from size zero. I presumably this is Canadian stroke US sizing, size zero up right up to size 34. And that's intended for male or female. But you see a T-shirt, that is a kind of garment that everybody wears anyway. It, just look at the shape of it. Again, go back to the line drawing. Look at the shape of it. If it's a fitted shape, is that going to be quite what you want? Or do you want something a bit baggier with a looser sleeve? What's the neckline going to be like it? what is right on a female the neckline might be too tight if you took the same pattern it may essentially be fine but the neckline might be 
too tight and uncomfortable on a man. It's kind of, a, you know, work it out as you go along to an extent, I think. Fabrics, finding fabrics was fairly challenging because there are so many florals and pretty colours and things that actually tracking down, I'm not saying men don't want to wear them because they do, but if you're married to a man who's not that interested in wearing florals, then finding checks or stripes or something else suitable, you have, do have to hunt quite a lot. Funnily enough, as a result of me writing the article, Lamazi created within their website a new grouping mm-hmm. for fabrics suitable for menswear. So it's the same fabrics that's on the website, but yeah. instead of having to search through everything in general, she's grouped them all into the one place. That's really handy. Yeah. I don't know how long it took her, but it was certainly a useful thing to do. So it's there now as a heading. And if more websites maybe did that, but who knows, probably you're going to upset some people by deciding to do that. I don't know. It's never meant to upset anybody or their sensibilities. It's meant to be a helpful, useful thing to help us find fabrics quicker, particularly while we've all been stuck at home and and not able to go out and look for fabrics. Mm. You, You are completely reliant on the image and the description of what it is you're looking at. You could order a sample, I know, but some things sell out so quickly you wouldn't necessarily be able to buy it by the time the sample has arrived. It will all have gone. With delivery delays and the fact that people are at home and they're shopping online. Yeah. Yeah. You're caught between a rock and a hard place. That's the one, definitely. So there's a few fabrics that I think lend themselves to menswear. So some of the fabric names to look out for, I would suggest, are denim, twill chino cotton drill cotton drill would be good for heavyweight trousers that sort of loop back jersey medium weight knits flannel linen so there's lots of things that there are names that are probably familiar but people don't necessarily know that that that's what men's garments might be made from too Mm. we are so female centric on dressmaking clothes making that they might not think in those terms. But those names are out there. The websites that give you a good wide range of fabric names, I think, are quite useful because you feel like you've got more choice. You don't just want cotton poplin. You want to expand on that, I think. Oh, the fold line, I think, have now also on their website. Kate wrote an article a couple of months back and they have now put a heading within their categories So when you're searching for patterns, you can now look specifically for men's patterns as well on there. So since I first wrote this article, quite a lot has changed, I've noticed. By the time the article is in the magazine, it will be interesting (laughs) to see the changes that have come about in a short space of time, which is good. Gives everybody more choice, doesn't it? It does. And hopefully this podcast will be out to support your article. Yeah, it was fun, really. It was something new to get my teeth into. Having a willing chap living at home with me who's happy for me to make things. Otherwise, I'd just still be making things for myself. If I had sons, who knows? I've only got girls and they don't want me to sew for them. (laughs) I don't know whether a fashionable young man would want the stuff I might turn out. I think the other server 50 follower who I know sews for her husband and sons would be Sue Stoney. Oh, does she sew for them? Yes. Yeah. 
very successful. They're happy to. Oh, that's good. That's good. Maybe it depends how interested in fashion they are. I don't know. Don't know because Tony's just not interested. He likes to be smart when when appropriate, but he's not a follower of fashion. Do you know, it comes then down to sort of body image and how we feel about how we look in clothes, because I think men are just as susceptible to it as we are. They're not bombarded by the media in the same way that you and I are with what is the apparent ideal female figure. But I think that the pressure is still there. The guys that I train with in the mornings at the gym, when the gym is open and we can go and it's safe, they have this thing where they'll walk into the weights room, they weigh themselves, and then they all complain that the weighing machine is broken. It doesn't say what they want it to say. <laughs> so it's a running gag. But, yeah, yeah, body image is quite important, you know, for men at any age. It is there. Well, I don't think it's as bad, but clearly I don't have any men's magazines in the house. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounded bad. No, but you know what I mean, <laughs> like GQ or any of those <laughs> I thought that's better of magazines. <laughs> but so I don't know what articles about men's fashion look like because Tony's not interested. Yeah. So the only images we have are any advertising that for MS or John Lewis or whoever in this country. And it goes back to the so over 50 thing too, though, doesn't it? Because we are still trying to get women that reflect you and me on patterns in magazines mm-hmm. and resistance to having older women is still there it's it is improving but so slowly but for men an older man doesn't seem to be a problem does it they're you know slightly grizzly gray haired twinkly blue eyes George Clooney oh that's all marvelous there's lots of them and there always has been but somehow women of the same era is no that's not acceptable so which is why we're here isn't it we that's right don't want to be pigeonholed and we want to we deserve our place there (laughs) just the same as youngsters that's right so it's great that the serve 50 account has brought a lot of us together and that we're Mm making patterns from fabrics that we love in the way that we want to wear it. And it's great that we can see examples of who we are on the account. It feels like it's almost the only place at times, doesn't it? Mm. Because you look at magazines, primarily magazines and advertising, and we hardly see ourselves reflected. I don't watch masses of TV or indeed haven't got to the cinema, of course, but there are the role models there, I think, amongst actresses. I still don't see our kind of middle life person reflected very much. Yes, we know there's wonderful women like Judi Dench and Maggie Smith and Helen Mirren, but with respect, they're considerably older than us. I would struggle to think of someone of our age, in our 50s and early 60s, I'm struggling to think of somebody just now of who is a real torchbearer for this age group. But I digress, but that's, you know, why why So Over 50 exists and continues to exist. I know Judith had very high hopes that after a year it wouldn't need to exist, 
But here we are almost three years later and it still very much needs to. But I think it's probably changed, hasn't it? It's now morphing into this wonderful worldwide community of support and encouragement and inspiration. So I want it to continue for as long as it continues. It's been a great comfort to have so many people who have been supportive throughout this whole lockdown, COVID, pandemic era that we're living in at the moment and that we're still in. So thank you, Sober 50. Thank you, Judith and Sandy, for doing that. Absolutely. And also you as well, Susan, for doing all your blog posts. Well, I I feel guilty really because I haven't done that many specific Sober 50 ones (laughs) in a while, but every blog that I do write, really, it all comes back to having that in there. It's absolutely embedded in everything that I do. So I'll always be a a flag waver for it in in any way I can. And to keep us out there and use any small position I have within this community to promote it, because I think it matters. The articles that you write both for magazines and for Sober 50 are such really good references. You do a lot of research. So from me to you, thank you for doing all of those articles. Oh, it's my pleasure. I do. I really enjoy doing them. I, I enjoy writing and I enjoy finding the topic and, and the information to go in it. So I try to put a lot into it when I can. So if it's of use to people, then that's really great. I had an absolutely lovely message from somebody on one of the blog posts I'd written some time ago, actually, just a week or so back. And it was just such a lovely validation of what I offer in the world of sewing and I was really touched that this woman had taken the time to to write it and to me and I'm absolutely made my day when she said these nice things it was great (laughs) and we all need need a little pat on the back occasionally don't we oh we do and same to you Maria because you've been doing this podcast now for gosh how long is it is it two years yeah two years we're getting there yeah actually yeah yeah it actually is two years is it that's amazing isn't it it just sneaks up on you yeah and you put so much into them you really do it must you must take so much of your own time to do them thank you from us to you thank you thank you susan <laughs> thank you susan for coming on the podcast for talking about all the references and the resources and the information that you found about sewing for men i think this is going to be a really good lead-in for the so the 50 men who are going to be on the podcast too soon. I hope so. I shall look forward to listening to them. I really want to hear directly from them how they feel about sewing and whether they think being part of the Sew of 50 community, whether it means as much to them or they think it will come to mean as much to them as it does to us. Have we made them feel welcome? Do they feel welcomed by us? I know certainly that's how most people try for it to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I look forward to, to hearing them in due course. Thank you again, Susan, for being on Sober 50 Podcast. This episode of Soul Organised Style Podcast for Sew Over 50 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Susan Young, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organised Style Podcast, spelt with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you listen to our previous Sew Over 50 podcasts and hear from great people from the Sew Over 50 community. Go to susanyoungsewing.com to read all of Susan's blog posts. 
Links to Susan Young's So Over 50 blog posts are in the bio and also on our podcast website. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our podcast website on soorganisedstylepodcast.com or on our Instagram account, style, or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.